What's up carnivores? This is Carnivore Kurt, your host, and I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome to the channel. I'm super excited. My name is Carnivore Kurt. Carnivore Kurt. I'm gonna be your host. All right, carnivores, just jump right into it. The number one key to doing the carnivore diet, I've really transformed both how I feel, look, just experience life. And I think that the carnivore diet is a tremendously powerful tool for a lot of individuals who are suffering from anxiety, autoimmune Share disease. it with someone who's interested in the carnivore diet. Let's spread the word, let's get this out to people. Let's help others understand more about this and see the bigger picture. Guys, that was a score. Score one for the carnivores. Thanks for tuning in. On this video, we're gonna talk about how I tripled, tripled my testosterone in less than a month. Yes, it's kind of crazy. Just to put this in perspective, I know that testosterone can fluctuate throughout the day for most people. Both these blood tests were done at the same time. So this is actually a, probably a pretty well controlled, accurate snapshot of someone who's tripled their testosterone in less than a month just by making some major tweaks to my diet, my nutrition regimen, as well as kind of my lifestyle that have made a big factor. So stay tuned because I'm really going to dive into some of the specifics here and we're going to talk about what I did. So if you're following this channel, you've seen that I put out on the Carnivore Kurt channel a results with Paul Saladino, Carnivore MD, blood work review and in that video we actually went through my blood work we went through my hormones my inflammation markers my pre-diabetic markers my kidney function my vitamins my micronutrients and one thing that was really fascinating during that consult was that i actually had less than optimal testosterone which was pretty fascinating because Back in May of 2018, a little over a year ago, I did a spectracell analysis. In that test, we found that my, my total testosterone was around 690 nanograms per deciliter. Now, I didn't do a video on that, but I wanted to kind of have that as a baseline and bring that to you and show you some of that in this video. Just so you can see, that's kind of where I started, and I was expecting it to actually go up with the carnivore diet. Well, fast forward, last October, November, I really got transitioned fully into being a strict carnivore. We're now into September. It's been about eight, eight, nine months since I've actually shifted all the way to the carnivore diet. And um, I pulled my blood back in June, mid-June. And when I did that in that consult, what we saw is that my testosterone had gone from that 690 down to 315. It was, it was terrible, it was really low. It was on the low end of the spectrum, uh, really for a healthy, male you want your testosterone to range from anywhere from like probably 400 to a thousand and i was down below 400 at 315 so i was really at the bottom edge of the low end of the range of where you'd even want to be and uh it was kind of concerning in that consult we talked about a few things your progesterone is fine your prolactin is normal but your free testosterone and total testosterone are pretty low wow and your dihydrotestosterone is really low too. I think the last time we looked, these were not low. I don't feel like I don't have a sex drive though. I know, right? But uh, having lower testosterone after eating all that protein seems like kind of counterintuitive. I'm gonna show you in a few minutes here as we go into the video and get into the meat of this, what I did, but I bumped my testosterone in that period of time in less than three, in less than four weeks. I pulled, re-pulled my blood, 
back in mid-July after pulling it towards the uh, middle end of June. I went from 315 to over 900. Nine, it was like 910 in a period of less than a month, which is insane. Insane. That's just like. Obviously, keep in mind, if you're pulling testosterone early in the morning one time on your blood, and then you're doing it again in the evening, uh, another time in, the, in, in your blood work, or you're eating a lot of, say, high cholesterol, high fat, and you're having a ton of sex, and then you go and pull your testosterone, it could be a lot higher. It could be spiked, or it could be um, dipped, depending on when you're pulling it, if you don't have a lot of sleep. In both of these scenarios, uh, I feel as though we pulled a very accurate test. I had not worked out the day before. I had focused on getting at least two to three nights of consistent sleep at the same time, fairly well regulated, both times leading up to it, and I didn't deviate my diet beyond the changes I made during that period of testing to kind of see where I was at. So I feel as though it was fairly controlled in the sense that these were good samples of, of the same situation of the day when you would have pulled testosterone measurements. So all that in mind, if you came here because you're looking for hacks, yes, it's, these are pretty good hacks. I'm not a fan of cheating the body. I'm not a fan of going in there and trying to find some sort of magic pill solution or supplement that can boost your body. I think that the body is an entire system and that you have to really respect it and you have to learn to change the, the source of what these diseases are and what these imbalances are in your body so your body can do its job to actually run at an optimal level. We're basically running on a biochemical machine here and if we can give ourselves the right chemistry, which I'm fairly biased, is, is animal foods from the carnivore diet, and we can do it in the right balance, we can actually give ourselves all the right things that we need. Now obviously light, water, sleep, these are big things, and you've gotta take it with a, a grain of salt, and there's a spectrum, right? You can't just go hardcore and never have something delicious that you really like to cheat on with food and expect that your quality of life is gonna be great. Yeah, maybe you're perfectly healthy, but at the same time you might not be perfectly happy. So it's a spectrum. You want to find out where that sort of minimal effective dose is and what the best things are, the best trade-offs. Let's jump into the, the things that I did and, and where we thought about this and, and how we approached this when I was working with Paul and going through these laps. Probably the biggest thing that we did was increase my calories. I was on OMAD, which is one meal a day for roughly two months, about six to eight weeks leading up to my fasted blood draw when I did the first panel and uh, after being on carnivore and saw my blood work showing my testosterone below uh, 350. Caloric restriction can be great for longevity and doing OMAD, which is one meal a day, can be awesome for certain things like cancer prevention or disease, sort of cleaning out the body, uh, accelerating autophagy, which is cell death, and, and having the body just kind of clean up the DNA and, and repair things and, and stuff like that. But the thing is, when you look at the studies and you look at the way the science is about having one meal a day and, and restricting calories in particular, what you're finding is that, yes, these animals are living longer, but they're not having the same hormones and they're not having the same energy levels as they were when they're not restricted. So you could live a very long life, very restricted, and you could live many, many years, but is it really worth 
treating those years if your sexual health is completely destroyed or your energy levels are diminished because your thyroid is reduced. And, and my argument here is that I don't think that's the case. You wanna find that sweet spot. You wanna really optimize your hormones without going over the top and, and being destructive on your body. But you wanna have strong hormones and strong function so you can eat, grow, be strong, be healthy, recover, do all that great stuff. Another thing to think about with caloric restriction is that it's, it's this idea that the body is, is kind of going, okay, I'm not getting the energy that I, that I, like an adequate amount of energy that's gonna allow me to thrive. So let me slow things down here. I'm obviously not gonna prioritize reproduction, boosting testosterone, which is an anabolic um, molecule in the body. It's basically an anabolic steroid made from cholesterol. I'm not gonna boost that because we don't have a lot of energy in excess and reproduction is no longer the main priority survival is and getting the body sort of clean up and focus on that as a priority. So I was doing one meal a day. What would happen is I'd go to work, I would drink water throughout the day, no snacks, no cheating, have a little bit of gum here and there. And then what I would find is that at the end of the day, I would come home after a workout fasted from 22 hours. I would just feast for like an hour and a half and, and just eat a huge meal, 2000 calories. And, and that was pretty satiating for me when I went to bed. But after tracking and looking at the apps and looking at my macros, which I've started tracking in the last couple months, um, I found that my actual daily target for calories at 155 pounds of weight where I'm at right now is closer to 2,600, 2,700 calories a day. And so I was probably lower by about 20 to 30% of the actual energy consumption that I needed for my body. And that restriction of calories was affecting my body's ability to go, okay, well, let's, let's ramp up growth. Let's, let's keep ourselves optimized. Let's really rock with it. So I really think that the caloric restriction and, and, and what it can do for you. It can be a beneficial thing in the short term, but if you're looking to have optimized testosterone for libido, um, recovery for strength, for, for building muscle, you probably wanna watch out for reducing calories. The other part of the OMAD equation, the one meal a day equation, is that you are fasting for a long period of time. And when you do that, again, your body is thinking, okay, well, are we gonna to need to be on building mode when we don't know when the next food is coming because it's been a long time? And so I opened up my eating window and I still do a fast, but I typically do a fast from about 9 p.m. or, or 8 p.m. until about 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. the next day. So instead of doing this 22 hour fast, it's more like a 12 to 14, maybe 16 hour fast. I've really expanded the window of when my body is taking in food and that's allowing me to get my calories at a higher level. It's also allowing me to minimize this signaling that my body was experiencing when I was fasting for the entire day for one meal of, of down-regulating the hormones that can be for growth and recovery and, and reproduction. Probably the, so number two, what we did was we really focused on uh, looking at the lab work in the past and seeing that my fasted glucose levels weren't bad, but they really weren't that optimal. And, and when I looked at my carnivore diet experience uh, going into June, I was really heavily eating a lot of steaks and a lot of red meat, uh, beef chuck roast, ribeyes, sirloins, New York strips, uh, some lamb. And what I, what I realized was that the actual fat macro percentage of my diet, the amount of calories I was getting from fat, was probably closer to 
It wasn't uh, the, the more like true carnivore, what we think kind of nose to tail, ketogenic carnivore approach, which is 75, between 70 and 80% fat. And I blame that on a couple things. One, I hadn't discovered the beauty of duck yolks, which I am now in love with. Duck yolks are fantastic if you haven't tried them. And I also hadn't discovered suet and beef fat trimmings. I was eating tallow, I was putting tallow, which was rendered melted processed fat. Epic brand was the brand I was using. Um, and what I found was that my gut would get uneasy if I put too much fat. So I was grilling my steaks and I was eating a lot of the liquid fat in there, but what I found was that if I ate too much of the liquid fat, it was throwing my gut out of whack and I just couldn't hold on to the food that I was eating and I would feel uh, discomfort in my GI. And I believe it's because when you're eating fat that's been liquefied or melted down and processed, your body, when it goes and hits your gut, it just, your body doesn't, it releases more bile salts and bile from the gallbladder and it actually triggers your gut and it just, your body isn't adapted to handle fat in that way. But when you eat it raw, like I can eat 100 grams of suet, 900 calories of fat in one serving and I can eat it if it's raw and it's not melted, I have no problem eating it. I can eat fat trimmings the same. So as long as the fat isn't rendered down and melted for me, I'm fine. What I found was after I was able to add in the egg yolks and, and the suet, upping my fat macros and getting from that 50% to the 70 to 80 percentile, which is where I land almost daily now, I think I feel like I have more energy. And I think it makes sense because thinking about a 50% protein intake, 50% fat versus going say 20 to 30% protein, 70 to 80% fat. You know, once you get to that 70% fat and beyond, you're more ketogenic and your body is less likely to have excess protein that it's converting into glucose via the liver, via the process gluconeogenesis. And it's probably gonna show up in my next round of blood work and labs when I look at my actual fasted glucose levels. But upping fat and upping cholesterol through duck eggs, uh, nice quality pastured chicken eggs, and, and through fat trimming, suet, fattier cuts of meat, being more conscious of that has really upped my, I think really played a contributing factor. And it's one of the, one of the three things I did that was major on this adjustment for my testosterone. So if you're not eating enough fat and you need help figuring out the sources, reach out to me. I've been there. It's, it's probably the biggest trick I think for most people is finding a good source of animal-based fat that's not rendered, that you can eat in large amounts and still not have discomfort. But doing that, we know that testosterone is created from cholesterol. So eating higher amounts of saturated fat and cholesterol in your diet is going to give your body the building blocks it needs to make more testosterone. And the last thing I'm going to mention here, number three of what I did in particular about this to boost my testosterone by three times was focus on optimizing my sleep. And sleep has always been a challenge for me because the, the science is out there. The proof is out there that sleep is one of the most important things to your health, that getting to bed between nine and 10 at night is, is, is the most optimal approach because it allows you to hit the 10 to 2, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. window where your heat hormones and your deep, deep sleep and your recovery sleep are most optimized. And yet in society, we're kind of taught on the weekends, especially to go to bed at two or three. And 
you miss that window and then you sleep in and then you go back to work the next week and you start and you're, you're getting up at seven or eight or six or whenever you get up and you kind of rinse and repeat. And it's a challenge because if you're trying to optimize your sleep, that is one of the most important things, having a consistent schedule and having a deep sleep regimen. But you don't want to feel anxiety when you're at dinner with your friends on a Tuesday night and it's getting to 8.30 at night and you're like, man, I got to get to bed. It just, it makes the whole experience not enjoyable. And in my experience, it's just made life a lot less pleasurable than beneficial from what the sleep has brought. So what I really focused on was getting consistent eight hour chunks of uninterrupted sleep, trying to keep it more consistent and sleep a little later so that my, my schedule was consistent and respect my melatonin production. And by that, what I mean is wearing blue light blocking glasses. And I've got a couple examples I'll show you. Uh, I use raw optics and UVEX, which are like the UVEX glasses. You can get them on Amazon for like $10. And they're, they're basically safety goggles. You wear them, they block out like 99% of the blue light. And the idea here is that when the sun goes down, the eye in the human um, body is not supposed to be seeing blue light at the intensity that we see today in modern exposure to screens, computers, laptops, TVs, uh, cell phones. And so the idea here is that when you see the blue light, it prevents your body from realizing or saying, oh, hey, it's, it's time to go to bed and it's time to produce the, the, the hormones that allow me to recover and get the deep rest and sleep and, and produce the other things that I get when I go to sleep. So these are raw optics blue light blockers and these bad boys, there is no blue light that gets through these guys. So I wear these at night if I'm gonna go walking around in my neighborhood. I don't wanna to look too crazy with the actual UVEX glasses, which are a little different. I found these on uh, Ben Greenfield's blog. He's, he's kind of a pretty good biohacker with a lot of cool stuff. But the idea here is that if you can wear something like this during the evening hours when you're watching TV, working on your computer, looking at your cell phone, iPad, whatever, it's going to help your body. Again, the, the sun is down. It's time for me to produce the right um, hormones for my body to sort of build up and get the best amount of sleep to optimize my testosterone production. So if you can make it work and actually wear something like this, more power to you. I'm gonna have to experiment with it. I have no idea how, how weird people are gonna think this is to wear these out at night. But I can tell you one thing, I'm definitely gonna wear them when I travel uh, because on the airplanes, going from city to city, these are a little bit more doable, I think, than the UVAX glasses in terms of what I feel comfortable wearing in public. So if you're on a budget or, I mean, frankly, these glasses are probably the most comfortable glasses I have when it comes to blue light blocking glasses. And I wear these a lot of the time when I'm just home alone working on projects. Check this out. These are Ollie Quinn glasses from, from it's a company out of Canada and they make lenses that block uh, a lot of the blue light spectrum. So you can get these glasses online. You can go to a shop. I bought them in Seattle. I used to live in Seattle. And what they'll do is they will block a good amount of the blue light that your eyes are taking in during the day. I wear these during the day when I'm staring at computer screens, when, I'm, when I just kind of feel like my eyes are getting a little tired and they're, they're pretty helpful. These can be good if you go out at night and you want to still produce some of, some of the testosterone or the melatonin that you need, rather than going out with no protection and just experiencing all the blue light directly in your eyes and having your body just stay up and wired and miss out on the hormone production that it needs to produce testosterone, you can wear something like this and it's probably gonna help you 
produce more testosterone, more melatonin to help you get a deeper sleep when you do go to bed by having something that you wear at night. Cost of these is 10 bucks. The cost of something like this is gonna be around 150 bucks. And then the Ollie Quinns are gonna be closer to 225, 220. But again, these ones you can wear during the day. You can, you can wear them at night and they're pretty much going to be normal glasses for most people. Also, I'm paying for the frame and the style, so there's a bit of that. But that gives you a bit of a, of a swing there. I think it's really important to respect your body and the fact that you need to have optimized sleep. And if there's ways you can hack it, even if it just means eliminating you know, 30, 40% of the actual blue light from what you're getting at night, it could have a huge impact on your testosterone levels. Not to mention all the other benefits you get from having a deeper sleep, a healthier sleep. Testosterone for me is, is important, but the amount of research and stuff out there about how important it is to get optimal sleep is ridiculous. It's, it, it, it kind of just makes me sad that society has built this this lifestyle around going out at night and wrecking people's sleep could be a reason why we have this epidemic of Alzheimer's and dementia because sleep is definitely one of the main things that your body uses to clean out your brain and recover your body. And here's the kicker, testosterone, the majority of your testosterone is produced when you're sleeping and it's produced when you have good sleep and when you deprive yourself of sleep, there are studies out there that show that you are actually reducing your testosterone, which is kind of ironic because a lot of sex habits and a lot of going out happens at night and yet you, uh, your testosterone is, is being damaged by this but you're being driven by that. So it's kind of a funny thing. I think it's, it's an interesting topic. I want to do a video on, on sleep in general. There's so many more reasons to focus on sleep. I could go on and on about them. For now what I would say is find ways to black out your room to keep your schedule consistent. If it's gonna be late, keep it late and then also lowering the temperature of your room really focus on lowering it. I have a Nest thermostat, so I can actually control the temperature down. And what I do is I start out at like 69 at like 10 p.m., then it goes to like 67 by like midnight, and then it drops kind of like outside how the weather and the temperature of the environment would be if you were sleeping in the outdoors. And it peaks in its drop at around three or four in the morning, and then it's down to like 62 or 63, and then it comes back up and warms up to wake me up. So I've done that. I use an aura ring to track my, my sleep at night. It's been really helpful to kind of see what my heart rate is, what my respiratory rate is, what my body temperature is. And I don't like wearing a big Apple watch when I'm sleeping, so I use the ring instead. Uh, I find that it's really helpful. So those are the three things I did. I opened up my feeding window. I increased my calories during that feeding window. I added way more fat to my diet and I optimized my sleep hygiene by getting my environment cooler more consistent on the hours and trying to make sure it was uninterrupted and that I wasn't getting blue light once sun went down. So I was getting the melatonin that I need. So a couple new things that I'm exploring now that I'm kind of on this journey further is getting uh, red light therapy. If you have followed some of my videos, you'll see that I have a Red Rush 720 here. It's a dual panel. It's a lot like a Juve light. These lights have uh, generate red and near infrared and red lights and they basically uh, can be shined on your balls if you're a man. And they go in and penetrate and actually activate and provide electrons and photons and energy for the cellular mitochondria in your body. And the idea here is that the red light can be used to boost testosterone. There's been studies done that have shown that 
they've actually boosted testosterone. So I'm shining the red light on myself naked twice a day, 10 minutes at night, 10 minutes in the morning. And we're seeing how that's going. It, the idea here is that we probably were naked in our ancestry running around outside and the majority of the sun uh, light wave spectrums that are near red and infrared are first at dawn and at dusk. And so I shine this in the morning and at night when uh, I would probably have been outside more and experiencing those wavelengths of light on my entire naked body. And we're gonna see how that red light affects testosterone. The other thing I'm doing is I am going in exploring cryotherapy. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've been doing it for about a month now. I find that it helps a lot with getting my sleep deeper. Um, I'm gonna do a whole video on cryotherapy in the future here, and I'm actually gonna talk with the owner of the facility. The, I'm gonna do several types of cryotherapy. Right now I'm doing cold air. It's electrically cooled, it's not nitrogen cooled, so you can breathe the air. The tank is typically between a, a minus 160 degrees and minus 180 degrees Fahrenheit. And you go into the, the room there and you try to get a 30 to 40 degree drop on the surface of your skin by going in the chamber for three to four minutes or sometimes less than three minutes, more like two minutes. I have found that it's very quick and easy to do. Um, I follow that up with full body juve on the front and back of my body. And when I do that, I don't do my own juve at home. But um, between those things, I found that it's helped with some injuries. Uh, I've had some inflammation in my wrists. It's really gone away with that. And also uh, for recovery, it's supposed to be pretty powerful. So we'll talk more about cryo in the future, but there are some studies out there that cold exposure, cryo, is also beneficial for testosterone. So I hope that was helpful. I know that was a lot of content. If you're new to the channel, I really appreciate your your, your viewership and your support. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And uh, if, you're, if you're on Instagram, follow me at Carnivore Kurt with K's. Carnivore and then Kurt, all one word. And you can see more updates daily, posts about content, nutrition, things like that. And as always, thanks for following and thanks for watching.